And welcome to the Hometown Headlines podcast. John Druckermiller, hometownheadlines.com with you today. Podcast, newscast, we call it anything. We call it uh, information we think you need to know. And right now, we think you need to know from somebody who has been tracking our economy and other many things for a number of years. And he is Dr. Frank Stevenson, the Henry Goon Professor of Economics, Department Chair of Accounting, Economics, and Finance at Berry College. Frank, good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm How doing are you? great. I hope you guys are safe and sheltered in place. And uh, I guess you're on and for you of all people. What a time to take a sabbatical when the whole world's on sabbatical. Yeah, it, yeah my, my time here is very fortunate on that. I've actually tried to tried to pay it forward and help my colleagues out with some of their things I, who have classes. I've taken some things off of their hands to make it a little easier for them. But my time, it was really lucky. I Somebody, one of my friends at another, at another institution said, dude, you must be really bummed your sabbatical travels are canceled. I'm like, I, my glass is way over half full. So travel canceled, yeah, but uh, I'm not in the middle of this big transition that so many of my colleagues and my students are. Well, I tell you, we felt sorry for you, so we decided to put the whole world on sabbatical to join you. Uh, come on in. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice gig if you can get it, I guess. Well, trust me, there is no slowing down when it comes to uh, comes to the news business. Frank, of course, you know, a lot going on out there, a lot going on in our community. Today, though, let's do something different. Uh, we've had a lot of numbers and stats and governors and, you know, commissioners on. The economy is something that is just critical right now. We are hearing a number of things from our community about people who are in trouble. The Small Business Development Center has stepped up, Chamber of Commerce and others and all. Uh, and as, as we as we begin to talk this morning, there's news coming out. Uh, just read the Associated Press update here. Ten percent of the United States labor force has been idled. Another six point six million claims filed this week. Frank, where are we with the economy? What should we expect? And all those other easy questions. <laughs> yeah. let, let me polish my crystal ball here. You know, if we get the video video fired up later, people can see me. Uh see me shining it up and gazing into it over here it's 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 not all that much more liable than those little magic eight balls from back in the day that's what i use uh, my forehead we'll for it's bald enough so i can rub it but anyway <laughs> and we can see what see what can come out of it well that's in a way that's a good place to start though is that is to thinking about thinking thinking about our heads because one of the if you think about the kind of folks who are really really being hurt out of out of out of this thing and are gonna have a hard time getting ramped back up it's it's people who do things like cut oh, yeah. hair so because, in, you know, inherently people are in fairly close contact with one another. And so there's uh, there's there's somebody in town who's had the who's had the Herculean task of trying to trying to do something with my mop for the last you know, 15 years or so. And you know, she's she's shut down in, indefinitely. And there are six or seven other people who work in the same shop that she does. And and uh, those folks, you know, they're they're not people who have probably have you know, big financial reserves they you know they you know, some of them you know, make okay a little a little you know, and what have you but they're not people who you know nobody's gonna mistake them for for bill gates or or anyone like that so there, there are a lot of folks who are really really having a gonna have a hard time you know, even even when if if the governor and the president all you know, come out tomorrow and say hey everything's cool you know, flip the light switch back on you know, pe- people are going to keep their distance on their own and and of course, no one, no policymakers are going to say that. They're going to uh, eventually we'll say, okay, you know, you guys can sort of stick your toe back in the water. You can do a little of this, you can do a little of that, but you got to keep social distance. Pe- people were already doing it even before the government orders. It's actually one of the neatest things that's come out of this is there are lots of websites that are putting up data from various sources, and of course, some of them have you know just 
pull it out of nowhere conjectures and extrapolations and things like that. But one of the ones that I found neatest was a place that tracks cell phones. It's a little creepy. It's your cell phone can be tracked, but it's aggregate cell phones. It's not me or you personally. And it showed how much less people were driving. And that's a, a measure, a proxy of interaction with other people going to stores, going to you know, wherever. And people, and, and I pulled up Darty County just because down near Albany, since that's one of the places that's hardest hit. And a good solid week before the, the stay-at-home order was put in place down there, people were already noticeably cutting back. And so people are going to people are going to you know, be really reluctant to go out again, even, you know, even if policymakers say, hey, yeah, y'all have at it here. And, and because of that, it's going to it's going to affect you know, you know, things like you know, haircut shops, movie theaters, bowling alleys, you know, sit down restaurants, I think are going to are going to have a tough go of it uh, for a while. It's not at all surprising that the, the Ryan's closed down. Uh, I think we're going to see some others. This is how quickly they go. And, and Ryan's was, was one of the first, but I think we'll see, I think we'll see plenty of other sit down restaurants have a tough, a tough go of it. And, and, and even the ones that, that still have sit down service, we'll have to space the tables further apart. And so we'll have, you know, they'll have half as many customers or something like that. Hey, you mentioned Ryan's very quickly. And it's funny you, you mentioned that because we've been something we've been trying to get information on. I mean, the phones are off already, that kind of stuff and all. According to corporate Ryan's now, the corporate Ryan said that all the stores closed down on May, March 21st, 22nd, I guess. I specifically asked the guy, it took me five questions. I said, will Rome reopen? Because there's stuff out there that says otherwise. He goes, Rome will reopen. So Ryan's may be coming back. But I tell you, Frank, you're saying something that I'm hearing a lot of right now. Some of these restaurant owners, I mean, let's face it, their markup is not that extensive. I mean, they got to be competitive. And do they have the resources to take them through? You know, we're looking at April 30th now, shelter in place per the governor yesterday. Uh, it's probably going to be May 30th. It's probably going to be past Memorial Day weekend. I mean, do these folks don't have, like I said, from anybody from the stylists and the hair shops and whoever else to other small businesses, they don't have, you know, we always hope to say, okay, keep, you know, three to six months built up behind you just in case of an emergency. Well, we're going to drain that emergency funds here pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and folks, and if you think about restaurants in particular, that's already a high turnover business. I mean, that's already an industry that has lots of, lots of entry, lots of eggs. I mean, you chronicle it like no one else in town does with the turn on, on Broad Street, you know, Johnny's goes, lyrics come, something else is coming. The place where a greener burger is, has been through three or four, you know, stat, you know, different restaurants in there. And so they're, there's already quite a bit of churn, and it's a it's a fairly low margin, high you know high labor cost industry. Well, you know, you talk about that, and Frank, it's funny. I should have told you this coming in today, talking about restaurants. We have a story up this morning about the former Sonny's sold uh, recently. I mean, I guess it sold earlier this week, and the buyer is coming in there to open up something. You're gonna love this name, Cod C O D Tail T A I L. Will open up a chicken and fish restaurant there. Believe it or not, Cod is becoming the new lobster. Anyway, bottom line, as here we are this morning looking at the fourth Floyd County resident to die of coronavirus. On the governor's story yesterday, the number one story this morning already, three, four hours into posting, is that new restaurant on Shorter Avenue. So it kind of shows you where Rome's priorities are right now. Rome wants to get fed. Hey, I, that's uh, that's all good. I, I'm, I, so far, I've, I've successfully resisted the quarantine 15, but it, you know, if, we, if we stay stuck at home a little longer, it may, <laughs> it, may, it may slip up on me here. 
Well, i tell you what, it's making me mad. I had to miss the $5 sushi at Publix yesterday because of all this quarantine stuff. So that's one of my favorite weekly things. Sounds weird, but it's a wonderful little bit of sushi. But no, in all seriousness, this is hitting the restaurants hard. I've had some conversations with a couple of friends of mine who are in the restaurant business. They're getting hit hard. But Frank, also, we're seeing small business. And, um, you know, we all read the thing, you know, the $2.2 trillion stimulus plan that came out from Washington What's all involved there in the personal paycheck protection, the PPP, whatever it is, the SBA. I mean, reading stories this morning. I mean, quite frankly, we've raised our hand in this stuff, too. Um, this thing is a freaking nightmare. It, it, I, I was just uh, paying a little attention to something before I, before I hopped out of bed this morning, sort of sniffing around a little bit. And it's, it's going to be a complicated thing to administer. I've heard you know, the, the, the bureaucracy behind it, the red tape, which... I mean, at some level, it's understandable, right? We don't want a, every huckster in town to show up and you know, have a handout and say, "Hey, get, you know, how about how about four or five thousand, or you know, ten, fifteen thousand, or whatever." So we, we, but all that delay just makes it that much harder for legitimate businesses to get the get what they need. Oh no, I'm hearing I'm hearing people say that that restaurants or whatever other businesses in town, and they're working with local lenders. There's an advantage, by the way, to going to a local lender. They're letting these folks, you know, basically do a three-month sabbatical, pardon the expression there, from their loan, but tacking that three months on the end of the loan. So, yeah, you know, they're getting a break right now, but they're still going to pay that money back down the road. Right. Well, and, of course, if you think about the community banks, that you know, banks are not high-capitalized industries. Banks uh, typically have a capital-to-asset ratio of only about 10%. So if they have to write down 10% of their assets, all of a sudden you've got bank failures again. So it's, it's understandable that local lenders want to, want to you know, tack that back on the end. They, they take some of a haircut now, but they don't completely lose, uh, lose out on it. So, it, I mean, it's certainly understandable from their perspective. It's, so one, one, I think where we get out of all this is it really doesn't have to do that much with you know, stimulus three or maybe stimulus four that they're talking about. What we really got to, do for to get people moving again and in in this and in, in get out of this mess gradually it's, it's unfortunately not going to be just flip the switch and go as we talked about earlier but to get out of it gradually is to you know get this you know get this uh medical you know get the health and stuff under control come up with some some sensible ways for people to go about you know, 70, 80 percent, 90 percent of their normal lives before they may have to cut back on restaurants. They may have to wear masks. They, they may stand further apart whenever they could possibly can. But I think we've got to get the health part. We've got to nail down. You know, you know, there's been all sorts of conflicting information. Are masks helpful or not? Apparently so. But you know, again, I'm not I'm not a, I, I don't like to be called doctor. And so I don't I'm hardly the last word on that. And what about the, you know, what about some of these meds that are being talked about as possibly helpful? Are that, are, are they you know, effective treatments for people who do get it? Um, if, can we get enough tests available so that we can quarantine, pe- you know, detect and quarantine people early before they spread it so far? Um, what can we do for people who are vulnerable, like uh, senior citizens in particular, people who have certain ailments that make them more susceptible to it? So I, I think we've got to get to a point where a lot of people who are who are relatively low risk and can, particularly if they engage in some behavior modification, can get on with a good chunk of their normal lives, while at the same time trying to protect some of the vulnerable. Uh, but I think you know, Congress can pass stimulus four, stimulus five, stimulus thirty three, and it it's not going to make it's you know, we're not going to get out of this until people can can you know, don't have to stay at home twenty four seven. 
No, good point about that. We're talking to Dr. Frank Stevenson from Barry College about the economy, coronavirus, local, and other impact. We'll have more on this after this break. You're listening to the Hometown Headlines Podcast Network. More after this. And welcome back again. We're talking to Dr. Frank Stevenson from Barry College about what's going on with coronavirus and the economy there. Frank, before we took the break there, you were talking about getting people back outside, you know, getting some kind of a health fix to get this, you know, to get us mobilized again. One quick point that we probably need to make, uh, I'll be talking about health and health care. People don't realize that our medical centers, our hospitals are taking an absolute bath in all this. They are seeing you know, let's face it, health, no matter what we say, healthcare is a business too. And all the elective stuff that, you know, and I had friends with stuff scheduled, whatever it is. I mean, all of a sudden that's been pushed aside. They don't want, you know, quote, healthy people and, you know, having to be, I don't want to say needlessly exposed or brought into some of this stuff. All of a sudden they're seeing revenue plummet as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware of that. Actually, a good, a good economist friend of mine, Looked like he was going to have to have a surgery. He's, he's in Texas. He's not, he's not local, but uh, was had a surgery scheduled for March 20-something or another. And he was, he was told initially it was postponed. And then he, 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 he somehow got in under the wire at another hospital. And it was, uh, it's not something that, that you know, people would probably think of as all that elective. It was a, a fairly serious and invasive surgery for a, uh, for a medical problem, he wasn't he wasn't just getting a tummy tuck here, which uh, or or something like that, and so and it, or it wasn't like a joint replacement that you know, if he waits another two months wouldn't have would not have might not have been such a big deal. So, uh, that, and and you're you're right. Those, that's those are some of the higher margin things for uh, healthcare providers in terms of where where they you know makes make their budgets work out. So so there's a there's a huge mess. But I completely on board with with you know free testing and, and, and things like that. Cause we've got to get, you know, got to get our hands around this. We don't want someone to skip a test for five bucks or something like that in this environment. So no good and, point about and, that. And the stimulus thing has, I, I think I read a hundred billion dollars for hospitals now in healthcare, a hundred billions, you know, probably just a, you know, a couple of hangnails and a, and a headache or something these days. But, but still that's, you know, hopefully that'll backstop the hospitals. And, and, and that may be where stimulus four comes along uh, to take care of in, in this context. No, we're seeing a lot of work there as well. And also, let's take a look at media. And, uh, you know, before somebody says, oh, you're taking a cheap shot at the Rome News Tribune. No, I'm not, actually. I uh, very much think the newspaper, uh, seven-day newspaper, is critical to our community of 100,000 people. We love the competition. We know they do an important job. They've cut back. They and their Marietta ownership have both cut back to five days a week, effective this week. Again, because advertising has dried up. If, if the recession and the flight to digital or whatever, or people's changing consumers, if those didn't do enough to hurt the print industry, this could be the killer. Yeah, so, and, and there's, the, having media is good for us. Now, we can talk about various you know, issues that exist in, in media, more national kinds of things and cable news kinds of things, but, but there's, there's, yeah, I, I know of a paper, for example, that finds that, uh, that looked at, Newspaper closings, like local newspaper closings. So it's not quite, you know, the Rome News Tribune cutting back. It'd be more like if the Rome News Tribune went away or if you went away or something like that. That finds that uh, public finances, state go- local government finances are worse off when there's not the media there, when there's not a local sort of media watchdog asking questions and shining some sunlight on on you know, spending decisions, tax decisions. Hey, why did you guys decide to do this? Or, hey, you, know, you, you know, guess what? The millage rate's going up or or what have you. So 
the, the media the media is good for you know it's, it's an important sort of external check on you know, check and balance on our governmental system um well hopefully we're not going anywhere we being all of it media and us in particular there but that's one thing that's out there but also you know you, you look at some of this stuff and you look at the media when and what's involved and all at the same time and i can tell you from us and again i'm not bragging okay i mean i don't like to brag about numbers being up in the first place frank we were doing five to six times our daily quotient of visitors during the height of this thing. And we've not slowed down that much since. Um, it's here. It is a time when the, the demand on media is so intense. And yet you're reading day after day of print failures or closures or cutbacks or other media as well. It's kind of scary. Right. And, and in some ways it's a little bit of a chicken and an egg thing, because when, when, with some of the media cutbacks that they've, I mean, in any business you can find a little or any organization, you can find a little, you know, a little bit you can cut here, a little bit you can cut there that doesn't really affect your product all that much. And, I mean, certainly not, not all that significantly. We do something this a little different. We do that a little different, but some of the media cutbacks have gotten so, you know, the budgets have had to be cut so much and they've had to take out, you know, take out the, you know, the copy editors. And so now the thing reads terribly. It's, you know, the, the, the folks who would go back and, and edit the edit the reporters you know, are not there to sort of clean you know clean things up or you hear about you know fact checking or they have earlier deadlines and so you don't get the the uh, the baseball scores from last night's game the, you get the ones from two nights ago which you know, by by then you've already seen them on the internet or whatever so the, it really it, it it got to the it's gotten to the point with some some media properties that the their the lack of revenue the that they are bringing in either from subscribers or from advertisers has caused them to you know, significantly diminish the, the quality of their product, not just from, you know, seven days to five or, or, you know, whatever the case may be in terms of frequency, but also just what's in the, what's in the thing when it, you know, when it shows up in various, in various cities. Oh no, there's a lot of changes going on there. Trust me. And, and, we're, and like I said, we're seeing those things. Frank, we got to get to get to a closing point here. We have no time limit, but we do. Um, yeah, no, it no. wouldn't be an interview with it wouldn't be an interview with Frank Stevenson without talking about baseball. You referenced uh, you talked you talked a little bit about sports there, talking about the print demands as well. What about our sports world? I mean, we're on the, we're on the cut. We're we're missing baseball. We're just about might as well say goodbye to basketball and hockey. And all of a sudden, we're hearing a lot of sabers rattle about college football and NFL coming up. Where do you see the sports world heading with all this? Yeah, so I think I think we're going to have a hard time seeing. Uh, I think sports world is going to have a hard time with with getting spectators back out, uh, at least initially, and they're going to want to be cautious. I, I think you know, baseball is currently talking about. Uh, some models where they might play a month in Arizona in basically empty stadiums. And, and if you think about how baseball is played, you know, there's you know, some contact between players and, and people are in sometimes in close proximity, mostly at the at home plate in the batter's box. So there could be some potential for transmission there, but that might be a, a setting that if they took extra precautions in locker rooms and things like that, that they would have a fairly low risk of, of transmission from player to player. Uh, and and it might be safe to do, but there's certainly other sports that are that would have a harder time you know, doing that. Uh, you know, basketball, you know, players are right there with each other. Football players, and so it, those sports have a hard time restarting, even even in empty stadiums, and, and until we have a greater sense that this thing is under control. But I think you're, one of the places you'll find fans 
you know, even if fans are permitted to go back, I think you'll, you know, fans aren't going to want to be in with 20 or 30,000 of their, of their, you know, sneezy coffee friends uh, until they're pretty confident that they're not going to get stuff transmitted to them. So sports is, sports is going to take a hit and, and you're going to see, and you're going to see money disputes about how to, uh, who takes a haircut, you know, the players or the owners in, in the various sports. There's going to be a lot of haggling about, okay, you know, our revenue is down. How do we adjust contracts and, and, and you know, sports teams and TV networks? You know, same, same kind of things going on there. No, good point. It's scary to watch all this stuff. And, again, you know, when, I think it was one of the sports analysts, uh, Herb Street, Herbie, uh, made, a, made a comment last week uh, that he got roundly blasted for on social media and elsewhere by saying, hey, you're looking for college football this fall. Don't count on it. I mean, they about you know, they about hung the poor man and burned him because you know, my God, how dare you talk about college football that way? That's a reality. It's it's a, every day we go through this. That reality becomes more and more apparent. Frank, as always, fantastic job, my friend. Thank you for summing all this up. I hope we can come back and talk to you uh, down the road. I don't think we're going to be out of this anytime soon. So we may be uh, asking you for some more of your your wisdom and expertise and. Uh, and most important, your humor. Thank you for keeping this thing, uh, what's, what's the word for it here? I don't want to say light, but keeping this thing informative, but yet uh, not doom and gloom. Yeah, well, you, you'll know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, you enjoyed that sabbatical, my friend. Folks and listeners, thank you guys for joining us today. We'll have a continuing series. We just started a series now of uh, doing some podcasts here on this. We'll be doing more of those coming up. Frank, thank you, my friend. Well, I hope you and your family have as nice an Easter as you possibly can. This is John Drucker Miller saying, have a great day in Northwest Georgia, and please stay home.